Hey, Jen. Want to dip into the listener mailbag and tackle some questions? How did I get myself into this? Great! Today we're answering some of your questions about female arousal, sexual aids, masturbation, and more. Let's do it! Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, providing biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website at IntimateCovenant.com. Here are your hosts, Matt and Jen Schmidt. Welcome to the podcast where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We are Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, intensive weekend seminars, an annual marriage retreat, and now a podcast. And today on the podcast, we're answering some of your questions. We love getting your emails. Yes. Keep them coming. It really helps us know what you want us to talk about, and it helps us to uh, best help your marriage. Right. So today we're answering a listener's email uh, that has actually, it's one email, but there are multiple questions that we're going to try to tackle today uh, on the on the podcast. Yeah, this this listener definitely packed a lot into this email, so it's a, <laughs> it's a good one to dive into here. Truly. So uh, let me read the email. He says, hey, Matt and Jen, my wife and I recently found your podcast, and we are thankful for not only the content you are sharing, but also for the way you are sharing it. Thank you. And I would just add, you're welcome. <laughs> thanks also, for listening. Yes, thanks for listening. Thanks for the compliments. We appreciate that. Uh, also, a few topics we would like to hear more on. So he gives us uh, uh, three questions. Uh, the first one is, uh, more on a wife's arousal. Episode 13 was great, but when you talk about, or when you, sorry, when you shared that a wife is to own her arousal and asked, I turn myself on or off, by or how, My wife appreciated the point, but didn't know where to go from there. How does a wife explore, own, and foster her own arousal? In your experience, have you come across common blocks? Are there tools or teachings on how a wife can explore this more? What about fantasy or masturbation? Are there certain pitfalls that you would caution against? So, with one question, that's, <laughs> that's a, a lot one. of questions. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. Uh, number two, he asks, uh, arousal aids. In particular, creams or oils, including the ones with THC that have become legal in our state and alcohol. Would appreciate your biblical perspective on these. Also a great question. And number three, sex toys and furniture. Would enjoy hearing more about this, especially about furniture, as that tends to get left out of these kinds of conversations. All right. So great questions, interesting questions, challenging questions. Uh, certainly some things that we don't often fully consider. Um, and so, Jen, take it from here. <laughs> yeah, kidding. thanks a lot. <laughs> just kidding. So uh, getting, getting back to his first question, I, I think um, the first question really is, uh, I think, mostly about female arousal, female sexual arousal. Right. Uh, and going back to episode 13, um, which that certainly would be a good place to start. If you haven't listened to that first, maybe that's a good place to start. But, yeah. um, you know, honestly, and maybe this is just uh, an appropriate time to mention it, um, female sexual arousal is something we end up covering at basically every annual retreat. That's right. And if this week... That's right. 
If you've been paying attention. Yep. Our uh, registration for the retreat opened up on Valentine's Day. So it's not too late if you forgot to uh, give your spouse a Valentine's gift. <laughs> Better late than never. Better late than never. This would be a good one. That's right. But so, retreat, retreat registration is open. But yeah, like Matt's saying, uh, we talk about wife's arousal every year at the retreat and some... In some way, some sure. form or fashion. Right. And so um, come to the retreat to learn more about this. But I will say um, it is a great question. I did challenge wives in episode 13 um, with that question. I turn myself on or off by or how. Um, and so it is a good question to say, okay, sounds great, but what does that mean? What's that even look like? Yeah. <laughs> what does that look like? How do I even begin to consider or answer that question? Right. And I really think where you start answering that question is just by starting to think about sex. And yeah. I know most of our, especially our male pursuers are like, duh. Duh. <laughs> Aren't you already thinking about sex? Who and the doesn't answer think is, about sex? No. Female responders aren't thinking about sex. Um, not naturally, maybe. Um, so, so number one, just start thinking about sex. Um, that alone will, will help you greatly. Um, but I would then maybe let's go into, because it was kind of another part of his question, is the role of fantasy. And um, I, I know we've talked about fantasy a couple times at retreats and mm-hmm. sometimes in our seminars, and I always um, kind of preface it by saying, I know that I just said a dirty word, <laughs> <laughs> because that's kind of how we've reacted now um, in this day and age to the word fantasy, because um, we've kind of attached a whole lot of connotations to it that um, may or may not be true. Um, so the first thing to recognize is that fantasy is nothing more than a story that you play out in your mind. Right. Does not have to be necessarily bad. No, or even necessarily fictitious. It could simply be a memory. Yeah. Maybe even a good, wholesome memory. Um, that's part of the, 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 the fantasy. That's the story that you're playing out in your mind. Right. And so I think it's important for both men and women to embrace the role of fantasy. Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're talking about arousal um, and uh, enhancing arousal, I mean, fantasy is is really where this has to start. It, it has to start in your mind. Right. First of all, husbands, uh, you should recognize that fantasy is important for your wife, especially if she is a responder. Uh, acknowledge that, recognize that, and help her to tap into that. But secondly, um, even for yourself. You can use the power of fantasy to harness the power of your sexual desire. And you can use fantasy to take temptation, what would normally be presented to you as a sexual temptation, and turn that energy on uh, on its head, turn that energy toward your spouse instead of toward a temptation. Right. And I think for women, I mean, let's face it, women were made to live in story. Um, you, you can observe this when you just listen to the difference between how a man tells the events of his day compared to a woman, right? Like <laughs> yeah. a man's going to say, how was your day, honey? It's fine. Uh, okay. Uh, you might even get a, f- a few more details, but they're going to be given to you almost in bullet point fashion, yes. right? Because men think a whole lot more linear and just than the women. facts and just the, just facts, the facts, right? 
But that is not the, what you're going to get from a woman, right? A woman is going to tell you the story of her day with a whole lot of weaving that happens in it. You're going to find out all the people that were involved, what they were wearing, uh, how they felt, how it made her feel, right? And how it's connected to some other event that occurred 40 years ago. Right, right. So a woman is made to live in story. And I'm just going to tell you, this is the part of your creator within you. Our God is a God of story. That's how he expressed himself to us. So own that, women. But recognize that that doesn't stop when it comes to your sexuality. In fact, it is an essential part of your sexuality. I mean, women, our biggest sex organ is our brain. For sure. Because if our brain is not involved in this, our bodies probably aren't really going to follow. So if you're not actively engaging your mind and your sexual arousal, you might not actually be fully participating in sex. Okay, so what does that look like? What does that mean? Well, I think it means that we've wrongly handed over all of fantasy to Satan. Now, certainly... Again, keep in mind that fantasy is a story that you tell yourself, a memory that you replay, or a story that you tell yourself. So if that story involves specific people other than your beloved, you're expending your sexual energy outside of your marriage covenant. Right. And like we've said, no third parties in your bed or in your head. So clearly, that's not healthy. That's not right. But... If the story you're playing out in your mind involves you and your beloved, there is nothing immoral about that. And again, that's probably how you can best tap tap in to the power of involving your brain in your arousal process. So if you're not letting stories play out in your mind to some level, you may not be tapping into your arousal. But here's the other part of fantasy I think we need to understand, is that fantasy really is largely subconscious, meaning you can't actually always control what comes to your mind. Right. You're, you're going to see things, hear things in your daily lives, even if it's unintentional. You're going to bring images or memories or ideas into your brain that you didn't necessarily choose to put there. And a lot of those memories are going to be sexually relevant. Your brain is going to identify that as something sexually relevant. So when you are sexually aroused and your brain is going to its place for sexual arousal, you're going to come across things that you didn't necessarily put there intentionally. Some things you might not even necessarily want there, but they just are there. Right. Your brain's going to tap into those sexually relevant images or experiences that it Okay, so stored. so what if you pull up something in your brain that is sexually relevant but is also sexually immoral? Don't, don't freak out. Don't freak out. You don't right. have to freak out. You didn't put it there on purpose. It's just there. Let it come and t- to stop trying to suppress these images and turn your brain off. Because yes. again, I, I think, Jen, you said something that's really, I think, important, that if you're not involving your mind in sexual arousal, then you're not fully participating in sex. So stop trying to turn your mind off and learn how to use your mind and control your mind in a way that is sexually beneficial and continues the arousal process 
in the direction that you want it to go without shutting everything down just because something immoral came into your mind. Right. So if something is there that you aren't very comfortable with, it is not an image that lines up with with you morally, um, don't just shut it off. But there is something you can do about that to kind of make it what you want it to be, right? You can steer that story in the direction that you want it right. to go. Right. F- fancy people call this mindfulness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call it a beach ball. Ah, Here's, okay. Okay. So so stay with me. So fantasy, imagine fantasy and uh, a, a particular memory is like a beach ball in, in your pool. If you have a pool. We don't have a pool. But just <laughs> that imagine. Nice. Yeah, that, that's a great fantasy. How about that? <laughs> um, okay. But fantasy is like a beach ball in, in your pool. And you didn't put it there, okay? You just, you're in the pool one day and suddenly there's a beach ball there. Uh, You didn't pick the colors of the beach ball. You didn't pick the size or the shape of the beach ball. Um, But if you spend all of your energy while you're in the pool trying not to see the beach ball by grabbing it and trying to push it under the water, you're going to quickly get frustrated. You're going to spend all your energy and all your time pushing this beach ball all the way down. And we all know what happens when you try to push a beach ball to the bottom of the pool. What happens? Yeah, it doesn't go well. It pops right back up with a bigger splash and a bigger commotion uh, than it than you had there before. And you're going to end up exhausted trying to push this beach ball down over and over again instead of being able to just simply enjoy your time in the pool. Right. Instead, it's so much easier to notice the beach ball and gently just push it along the surface and guide it and steer it over to the corner of the pool where your beloved is. Yeah, that way you both can enjoy maybe batting that beach ball back and forth and playing with each other. There you go. I mean, this is how we redeem even fantasy. Exactly. You know, so, all right, Matt, the question is often asked, that sounds great, but is it biblical? Well, I I think this is exactly what's happening in the Song of Songs. Absolutely. In the Song of Psalms, the bride is imagining herself and her her beloved. She imagines and creates a world within her mind and, and imagines that they escape to this garden together. And then, even more so, she imagines what he'll be doing to her in that garden Mm -hmm. and what she'll be doing to him in their garden. I mean, this is fantasy. She is tapping into the power of fantasy. But both he and she, but primarily she She. sets this up and she imagines several locations. Yeah. Like in the corner of the rocks or in a a hidden corner uh, along the cliffside. Or she imagines a countryside rendezvous. Yeah. Uh, in in his uh, shepherd tent, she imagines a rendezvous in her parents' bedroom. So, I mean, there, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot. And even more erotic, she actually tells him Ooh, about her now, fantasy. Now we're, now we're getting a little bit crazy. Right, that's a lot crazy, right? <laughs> Y'all, it's in the Bible. Right. For a reason. Because, again, God intended us to use the power of our minds in our sexual arousal. It is how we can tap into that power to draw us to oneness and connection together. Quite frankly, 
Fantasy helps add plot to your sexual response. It it creates and it drives your story. Yeah. If, if you're a woman, it, it connects your brain to your body. Yeah. It, it right. Can, it, it's, that story is what connects you and what brings about that arousal. Turn And it turns that arousal from your brain uh, to, to a physical response. Well, and, and it also, I mean, again, the question I posed in episode 13, I turn myself on or off by or how, this is how you can turn yourself on. Mm-hmm. Even when you're doing like mundane things like folding the laundry. Yeah. Thinking about your beloved and what you would like to be doing to that evening, um, you have the power then of tapping in to your sexual arousal Start that anticipation going. Don't just wait till you're in the bedroom and he touches you. Allow yourself to start tapping in. And when I say think about sex, this is what I'm meaning. Create those stories Mm -hmm. because your brain is good at this. Let your brain do what your brain is allowed yeah. to do. And you don't have to go to do. Yeah, and, and you don't have to go searching for some story. No. You, you can most of you, if you've been married for any length of time, you have plenty of story. Yeah. Think and, about something you've already done. Yep. And you can take a, a twist or a turn with those memories and turn it into something sure. even more erratic or more uh, enlivening. Right. So if they're still listening, Matt, and we haven't <laughs> shocked them to death yet. How about after the break, we deal with masturbation, arousal aids, sex, and sex furniture. Oh, I'm sure you're excited about that. Can't wait. We want to make sure you know about the upcoming Intimate Covenant Annual Retreat. Our theme this year will focus on building spiritual intimacy in your marriage relationship. Of course, we will also be talking plenty about sex, too. Sex is spiritual, after all. Calm down, Matt. Yes, we will be covering a number of topics designed to help start conversations with your spouse to build oneness in your relationship. The retreat will be hosted at the beautiful, luxurious City Place Marriott at Springwoods Village, located in North Houston, near the Woodlands. The accommodations are lovely and the entire surrounding area is beautiful. You can enjoy great dining and shopping nearby as well. The 2021 retreat is September 23rd through the 25th. That's a Thursday evening through Saturday afternoon. The session on Thursday evening is optional, although it's usually pretty fun. So when you register, you have the choice of staying one or two nights in a very comfortable king room at the Marriott. And we can even add on extra nights to your stay if you want to extend your getaway. Not only will you get lots of great information and a comfortable hotel room, but we intentionally build in plenty of free time into the itinerary so that you can spend time relaxing, having fun, and having focused conversations with your spouse. Plenty more information is available at the website, intimatecovenant.com. Click on the retreat tab at the top of the page and you'll find all the details, including a tentative itinerary and even a free audio recording from a previous retreat. Only a $200 deposit is needed to hold your spot. And if you register soon, you'll save with early bird pricing. Sign up while spots are still available. We'd really love to spend this special weekend with you. Okay, so back from the break, um, and let's continue answering these questions from this email. Um, And uh, the the second part of this question was about masturbation um, and using masturbation as, I guess, as an arousal tool. And I I guess um, 
We have to define our terms, yeah. though, right? Uh, because I think, I think not everybody means the same thing when they say masturbation. Yes. So we've talked about this before, but let's just be clear that there's no place for solo or secret masturbation yeah. uh, in your marriage. Pleasing yourself for your own benefit apart from your spouse isn't biblical. No, I, I don't. It's not God. I don't it, think it's it, big, biblical, and I think it it goes against the very purpose for your oneness. Yeah, uh, it, it's a selfish activity and and really not in the best interest. But that said, um, it, you know, I I certainly don't think that there's anything wrong with, and I think there's everything right with uh, a couple enjoying masturbation in the uh, as a couple together, either one or both of you um, pleasuring yourself. Um, for your own benefit and simultaneously the benefit of your spouse. Right, right. Sharing that sexuality, how, no matter whose hands are doing what, sharing your sexuality, uh, I think, is everything right about a married sexual relationship. Right. I mean, quite frankly, masturbation is together with your spouse is is an excellent way to learn your own body. Yep. Share your body. Um, share what feels good. Where does it feel good? I mean, again... You are one. And so whose hands are doing what is really kind of ir- irrelevant if your goal is oneness and connection. Right. And I've said it before, and it sounds kind of ridiculous, but if you're one flesh, then you have four arms and four hands. And it doesn't matter <laughs> whose hands are doing what and where. Uh, if, you're one, if you're truly one flesh and you're truly trying to connect, uh, then I, I think that's the right way to view it. Right, right. So solo masturbation, no. <laughs> if we're talking about being together and pleasing one another and, and ourselves together, go for it. Yeah. As with all things, keep asking yourself the question, is this fostering oneness right. in my sexual relationship? Building intimacy. Is it building intimacy? Yeah. Okay. Another part of this question was about arousal aids and uh, in, in the uh, writer's words, he, he asked for, in particular, creams or oils, um, that uh, including ones with THC that become legal in our state. And let me just, for those of you who are maybe less aware, um, there are a number of quote-unquote arousal uh, creams or ointments um, that go by various names, and there's various concoctions. Um, all of these are, are att- intended for direct application to the vulva or clitoris. So in other words, you take the cream or oil, you rub it on your genitals. Um, and these concoctions are made with various ingredients, um, which are intended to do things like increase blood flow to the genital tissues, to provide some kind of warming or tingling effects. Some of them contain hormones. Some of them contain other compounds that enhance the sensitivity of those tissues. Um, the benefits of these treatments, and, and again, I'm speaking very broadly, and, we, and there's not enough time to talk about every single possible ingredient that goes into some of these, but right. the benefits of these treatments are quite variable. Um, that said, there are no products approved by the FDA, um, so there's nothing that has enough evidence to that has um, gone through the rigors of FDA testing. doesn't mean they don't work. It just means that Nobody's gone to the right. the trouble to get them approved by the FDA, and there's just not a lot of significant real scientific research data to demonstrate that any of these things work right. better than a placebo. All right. But that said, probably not harmful, Probably right? not. I mean, um, the likelihood of you absorbing enough of anything from your genital tissues to cause any kind of harm is probably small, and enough people are using these that 
they at least haven't made them illegal um, because they're causing some major harm. Right. Um, and again, there's so many different products out there that's hard to speak about one in particular or even a, a, a specific one that may or may not work. But there's a lot of them out there. A lot of people claim that they work very, very well, including some some experts in the field. So there's a lot of sex uh, yeah. therapists that recommend some of these products. Um, gynecologists, doctors, uh, urologists that that recommend some of these products specifically. So um, that ta- said, we are not your doctors. <laughs> the, yes, we're not your doctors. So, so we are not giving medical advice. <laughs> I'm certainly not advising to use any of these things, right. but they probably don't hurt anything. Right. That said, um, you know, if you're rubbing your genitals with anything, that's probably going <laughs> to produce some arousal. So maybe okay, that works. Okay. <laughs> All right, and that um, another part of his question there about arousal aids was specifically about alcohol. Oh, interesting. So I guess off the bat, I would even dispute the assertion that alcohol is, in fact, an arousal aid. Mm. Um, in fact, from a physiologic standpoint, alcohol is quite the opposite. Um, yeah. Alcohol dulls sensations, and it dulls physical responsiveness it, it it really almost disconnects the mind and the body. That's why people act the way they do when they right. are intoxicated. Right. Um, so it, it definitely is going to separate your brain from your genitals. Right. Um, in, in a big way. And so to me, that's not really the best recipe for mind-blowing, full-bodied, powerful orgasms. I mean, here we are again. Why are we not surprised? We shouldn't be surprised that Hollywood has this wrong. Yes. Right? Like the perfect sexy scene involves alcohol. That's not actually what's going to create the best arousal. Not often how that usually works. Now, I do understand the fact that um, alcohol is used by some to reduce stress levels and to reduce inhibitions. And so um, obviously if you take your foot off the brake – then you may be able to accelerate a little bit more into an aroused state. Um, that said, there certainly are, are other methods like mindfulness or mm-hmm. even professional therapy mm-hmm. to really help you learn how to take your foot off the brake and right. not rely on uh, a chemical aid to de-stress. And, and, and in fact, a chemical aid that will, it may reduce inhibition and may, may reduce stress, but it's not going to do anything to help you tap into the fullness of what your body is capable of. Right. And in fact, may in fact dull that ultimate orgasmic response. Right. Um, you know, if we're talking about being intoxicated, Proverbs 5 talks, of, uh, in fact, <laughs> instructs husbands to be intoxicated with the love of their spouse. In fact, to, to yeah. um, enjoy her breasts and to be intoxicated by her. So, yeah. um, you know, that's one way to get intoxicated. And <laughs> be maybe- intoxicated. By each other. By each other. Uh, I think (laughs) that's probably the best recipe. All right. And the last part of that question was about um, sex toys and specifically about furniture. And some people right now are going, what are they talking about? There's furniture for this? Like, (laughs) we need to buy a new couch now to have sex? Oh, mercy. Well, you could. (laughs) You You could. could. So, um, again, I think that the discussions about sex toys, sex furniture, whatever, swings, lubes, whatever it is, I'll kind of, at least to me, fall under the same umbrella, the same discussion. Yeah. And that is that the Bible does not explicitly recommend or prohibit what you, what tools you use in sexually gratifying each other. Right. 
if if the only sex furniture you have is your queen size bed, um, more power to you. But that's a piece of sex furniture. It Call is, it what it is, it is right? right? So <laughs> don't get bent out of shape because people have other pieces of furniture that um, they use to enhance the pleasure or even comfort right. Um, surrounding right. sex. Uh, a lot of people find, I mean, uh, that the right shaped pillow under your back or under your hips or mm-hmm. under your shoulders can really right. change things and make sex not just more enjoyable, but for some, it makes it even practically possible. Right. Um, well, and for women, um, you know, most women do not orgasm through intercourse um, quite, because quite frankly, the clitoris isn't really involved. Um, but a pillow underneath a woman's hips could change the angle mm-hmm. such that her clitoris can get involved in the process. Yes. So, you know, right, that kind of options are out there. Sure. So, I mean, whether you use a piece of furniture or you buy an adjustable bed or you um, have a pillow um, to do that, or you just use some of these, some pieces of furniture are designed to help you experiment with many different kinds of positions that would not otherwise be possible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of people swear by this, so I, I'm certainly not going to tell you not to do it, or the, certainly the Bible, and don't who cares what I say? The Bible doesn't <laughs> tell you that that's wrong. Uh, the Bible says enjoy one another, and, right. and whether you do that on your flat, you know, queen-size, firm, uh, medium firmness mattress, <laughs> or whether you do that uh, with a special angle um, piece of furniture or pillow, that that's up to you. Right. I mean, certainly we're not going to prescribe any of these things. And frankly, you are never going to know what we do or do not have personally. Um, Nobody's but... going to get a tour through our uh, sex dungeon. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, Matthew. Just kidding. <laughs> but I would, you know, it always goes back, like we said a little bit, a little earlier, it always goes back to asking and considering of one another Will this encourage more intimacy and more oneness in our marriage? Yeah, I, I think that's really the, the point. Is this causing oneness or is this causing division or is this causing anxiety and conflict in my, in my marriage or is it promoting right. oneness? Right. Now, I think a lot of people's hang up when it comes to sex toys um, and or furniture is is quite frankly, like, okay, but where do you go to buy that, right? Yeah. Because there's a lot of, quote unquote, adult stores that are full of trash. Oh, dear. You don't want to walk into those. In person or online. And online also full of trash. Um, And so we would caution you against seeking, um, you know, to shop in any of those kind of environments in person or online. Right. However, we have a good recommendation. Hey, you need to talk to my friend Brent at marrieddance.com. Yeah. Um, and I, I we're say... Not paid, uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to, we're not paid to recommend this, but we just know the benefit of Mary Dance. Yes. So uh, Brent has been a, a friend of the podcast and a friend of the retreat, uh, and he has helped support um, this at his... And his website is marrieddance.com. I'll put in the show notes a, a link so you can go there. Obviously, uh, as the name implies... He's very marriage-friendly. Yes. That's the whole point of his website. Marriage-friendly, covenant-friendly. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. uh, uh, God-friendly. So uh, I think that you would uh, you would be 
well served to go to marrieddance.com if this is something that you're looking for in your marriage. Uh, go back to, there's a, we have an episode on this as well. Go back in the archives and find the episode on sex toys if you yeah. haven't looked at that already. Mary um, Dance is going to um, not show any nudity, right. no that's the really pornography on, on the website. The, the website's totally clean of yeah. anything that you would not want to see or not want your spouse to see. And it comes in a nondescript box, so your kids won't know what was arriving And neither the will the mailman. <laughs> nope, the mailman doesn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, so that, that's a great way to order that and, and to get that, again, marrieddance.com. All right. Well, I think we tackled the questions. How about we give up a wrap-up here, All Matt? right. So first of all, I, I would, again, encourage you to embrace fantasy as a way to advance the plot in your story and harness the sexual stimuli that you encounter on a day-to-day basis to fuel desire for your beloved. Secondly, whatever means you are considering to help enhance your lovemaking, first, be sure that you have drawn solid biblical boundaries regarding sex, and then lovingly consider, will this encourage more intimacy and oneness in our marriage? If you have something to add, something we left out, some if you have questions, feedback, suggestions, send it via the email podcast at intimatecovenant.com. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about what questions you have about your marriage, Bad, and how are you both enhancing your arousal? Thanks for listening and for all your support. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thanks for listening to the Intimate Covenant Podcast. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email inbox, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website, intimatecovenant.com. Join our online community, find more resources, and learn about upcoming events to help you and your marriage journey toward a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life.